This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome into the action line from WGNS. We heard Brian Dalton and John talking this morning about gardening and how they were going to be listening closely today. Mitchell Mote is with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Everybody's excited about gardening all of a sudden. It's that time of the year. It is. Yeah, Springtime's here and folks uh, uh, look for an opportunity, just a good reason to get outside. And You know, they, it's, it's been... Well, this week has been very just just ideal weather, I guess, for being outside. Not too hot, you know, a little cool, a little wind blowing. But um, uh, and the fact that uh, you know, folks spent so much time the last year uh, uh, not out doing things, I guess maybe they're doubly anxious. Oh yeah, it's. I, I think it's almost therapy getting outside and seeing people talking. Oh, to I don't. I think yeah. That's. I think that's been borne out. You know, over the years, multiple times. Uh, uh, I mean, the, folks study everything. I guess you know, so doing research, <laughs> and there are references in literature to research that uh, you know bear this out. But why well, heck? I think just most anybody would would agree with you. They don't. They don't have to have a, the result of a research study to know that they just feel better. It's just good to uh, interact with other folks, to be outside, and just to you know have have communication. Where people are social, and you know you, you like to you like to be around other people. Yeah. Now, is tomato still the number one plant of choice as far as number of people putting things in the gardens? Well, you sure do hear folks talk about uh, uh, they, they really like tomatoes, and oh, yeah. there's lots of tomato plants sold, so I suspect if it's not number one, it ought to be uh, very close to the top. Why is that? Is it Do they grow easier? Does it take less skill? Is it a good one to start with? Uh, well, some folks would tell you, I mean, listen to John Dings this morning, he said, no, it's not easy to grow, so he can't grow them. Um, it, it, why? Well, I think why, number one, is because when you like tomatoes, you like tomatoes. Uh, and there are folks that do not like tomatoes, so I don't expect they're going to grow any. But uh, those that do, there's just something about the flavor of homegrown tomatoes that uh, is it, hard to duplicate uh, when, you, when you purchase tomatoes uh, uh, through, through grocery stores and whatnot. And that's what, I mean, folks miss them. They like them. Uh, and, you know, you whether you have a large space or not, you can grow a tomato plant or two even in uh, relatively small spaces. You can grow them in a, uh, large containers. Uh, you can grow them in, you know, in beds uh, around your home. Um, but, uh, you know, are they easy to grow? Well, they they take some tending to. Uh, they're they're certainly not uh, uh, bulletproof. Uh, most most all tomato varieties are susceptible to uh, one or more different pests, whether it's uh, uh, disease or whether it's an insect pest. But you know all all plants are uh, so. I, I would not say that they're necessarily the easiest to grow. You know I guess if you're going to grow a a, a vegetable that 
maybe required less uh, uh, less attention from you than than some others uh, okra might be a good option because mm-hmm. even you know even when bugs feed on it and so on they'll still produce uh, still produce uh, okra but uh, you know sweet corn is not so bad it's it's uh, it's fairly easy to grow i guess compared to some things but you know tomatoes and peppers and squash and they just have a lot of pests that like them and so if you're going to if you're going to keep them going throughout the the growing season and the growing season can be very long uh you know you put tomatoes in the ground after the frost danger has passed and of course we're there now we should be uh if it frosts yeah we ought to be we ought to be (laughs) um and they can extend all the way up to frost so excuse me there's very long growing season and they will you know if you if you if you take care of them like you ought to and you have a little look okay um you can have a very long growing season but so no they're not super easy to grow but it, it, it most anybody can do it i think if they set their mind to it okay now we have a text here from a listener who says i love honey and i love uh honeybees and things of that sort and i'm thinking about getting into it uh is the bee group meeting again well, the the Beekeeper Association met in uh, uh, April and May. Uh, they had in person so meetings. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> <laughs> their June and July meetings are probably not going to happen. Uh, at, at least not at Lane Agri Park uh, because their meeting space has been rendered. Oh, uh, is that the one somebody drove a car through? Yeah, yeah, they drove they drove a car through the building Sunday night. So, wow. Yeah. Where, which building there? Where your office is? Yes. Or? Yeah, they drove. They drove through the, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a wedge-shaped building, and mm-hmm. if you stand facing the building on the left side, the left wing is uh, all the USDA offices, Farm right. Service Agency, Natural Resource Conservation Service, etc. Then in the center, you got a lobby area, and that's where the auditorium is. And then on the right-hand wing is is the Extension Service offices located there. The individual, I mean. They went right through the, the the lobby doors and drove through the auditorium and came out the back wall on the other side, all the way through the building. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. So that's going to take a good while to fix it. I I'm, I would think I would think. Is uh, your office open or did? No, nah, there hasn't been any electricity or or, or water, uh, uh, internet, anything like that. So the whole place so. is messed up. Uh, now, as far as damage to the office, we did not receive any damage in our wing. USDA had some flooding because when the individual ran through, they did clip, uh, 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 break some water lines, and the water, for whatever reason, kind of flowed that direction, mm-hmm. and they had some some water damage on the flooring and whatnot. Um, but uh, because there's no electricity in the building, no uh, uh, you know no water, uh, no internet service. Uh, we've been having work from home um but i i suspect they'll get things back up relatively soon uh i know that the i think by 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 code requirements the sprinkler system has to be back operational again before folks can reoccupy the building uh that sort of thing but you know they're working they're getting trying to get things straightened out and get stuff back up again i imagine it'll be relatively soon now your plots of grass are just outside that building 
Uh, do you have way to water the grass, or did it affect that too? Well, the water's off, so the, you know the sprinkler system's not working right now. But so <clears> it's it's creating some other issues out there. I, yeah, I'm, so far I mean, it hasn't been an issue, but I mean <laughs> if it goes on long enough, yeah. But I, I I mean surely it won't go that long. But did it know. affect the water up at the uh, at the farmers market area? Mm, no, no, no. Okay, didn't, didn't so, get them. So we're still okay on that, and that's going big now. Yeah, they've had they had they had two sessions. They opened up Friday uh, a week ago, I guess. So Friday, and then this past Tuesday was the second uh, uh, session of the market. So tomorrow uh, uh, it'll be open again at seven a.m. from seven to noon. And what kind of items are you seeing? Is it all the items? Is everything back now? No, I mean, you don't have corn yet. Uh, a lot of those warm season vegetables are not there. Uh, some folks that have some um, hoop houses, uh, you know, protected growing spaces, like, you know, quasi-greenhouse kind of things, they may have uh, uh, some some early uh, warm season stuff, uh, tomatoes and whatnot. Uh, uh, if they don't have them already, they will have them pretty soon. But... Uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, the cold crops, you know, the, the greens and the uh, broccoli and the sp- uh, spinach and cauliflower, things like that, uh, cool season stuff. Um, uh, some of the uh, manufactured items like, like breads and uh, uh, jams, jellies, uh, you know, cheese, stuff so of that sort. But, yeah, the warm season vegetables aren't there yet. Okay, but uh, all the other stuff is there, and it uh, is back tomorrow yep from seven in the morning until noon now you're doing the classes the free class a little differently aren't you yeah not 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 necessarily classes per se um there will be uh you know each day uh, in that nine o'clock like from nine to eleven time frame uh it's more of a kind of a you know come and go uh, uh, learning opportunity uh, various departments there within the office uh, by that I mean you know uh, uh, AG will be we'll have you know one day uh, uh, FCS family consumer science will have a day you know 4-H will have a day and there'll be something uh, something different each one of those sessions but it's kind of a you know come and go like we'll do uh, you know a lot of uh, what's wrong now kind of things mm-hmm. uh, we have examples of uh, problems uh, associated or, or, or that are common like you know for uh, for the current time frame uh, have examples of those uh, how you can recognize them what what you can do to uh, to to manage those to to treat them you know if it's a disease if it's an insect pest uh, that sort of thing uh, but and, and also the master gardeners uh, have their uh, information area uh, there you know when the weather's good they're setting up under the pavilion uh, out beside the uh, uh, the butterfly garden so uh, they're they're there on a regular basis also now I'm glad you mentioned the butterfly garden because that's something that everybody loves to have uh, and they attract also I think if you put the right things in it hummingbirds things of that sort oh this anything that goes after you know pollen or nectar they're they're going to be drawn yeah and so it's not too late to get that started at your house. No, I mean it's uh, like it's for if you want to put out flowers, you know, buy uh, uh, transplants. Absolutely not. But I mean, you still got time to sow seeds uh, of annual flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this is this is a prime time to do that. Now, as you look at uh, different things that you can put out, uh, are any of those plants? They used to be available at the farmer's market, some of the plants. 
Are there still plants there at this early time of the year? You know, I don't, um, there very well could be. I mean, I don't know for sure what vendors uh, are, are there, uh, like we'll be there tomorrow, but it's very likely there'll be some plants available, you know, vegetable plants and even uh, uh, flower transplants, uh, uh, ornamental transplants. I, I would mm -hmm. expect there would be, but I don't know that for a fact. Okay. Here's a listener who uh, must have been listening earlier about the beekeepers group, said he was sorry to hear about that, uh, about the meeting's not going to be held for a while till the building gets put back together, but He's wondering, uh, will local honey be available at the farmer's market? Uh, it always has been, so I'm assuming so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm assuming so. And uh, will, will the uh, group that is always so helping out there, the Master Gardeners, will they be there where you can learn more about their organization? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just mentioned that. They're, they're, they're oh, and under the pavilion uh, yeah. outside mm -hmm. by the... By the uh, um, uh, uh, butterfly garden right mm -hmm. yeah but they're, they're set up out there so check it out yeah and yeah. you can talk right with them absolutely and people are still fishing out there i understand and it's growing yeah it's uh um you know you just it's it's a monday through saturday uh the the, the sign says please don't fish on sunday um and the TWRA regulations are in effect. If you're of an age that you're required to have a fishing license and you're supposed to have a fishing license to fish there and the, the creel limits are posted. Uh, uh, but, but, yeah, folks, they're still coming out fishing some. A great place to uh, sort of get some youngsters involved mm -hmm. in fishing and uh, doing things together with the kids. Yep, yep, pretty so. good place. I mean, it's, you know, pretty clean around there in terms of uh, not overgrown. Uh, uh, you don't... I mean, I guess you can always worry about chiggers anytime you wade through any kind of tall grass, but uh, it's it's not uh, it, it it's it, it stays relatively uh, it stays cut relatively low. Yeah. Uh, so okay. it's not like you're wading through brush and, and brambles and whatnot to uh, to get to the uh, to the pond bank uh, to start fishing. So and you know good parking uh, uh, there in the parking lot uh, uh, at the community center where the market is held anyway. So not too many places you can go fishing and grab some homegrown goodies and munch on it while you're out there it, it, it you know it may be the only one i don't i'm not aware of another one i'm not going to say it's the only one in town but it very well may be we've got a listener here who is uh, asking about uh, they said that they used to come out to the area around the pond and help mtsu with some of their uh, grape vines uh is mtsu still working on that and will they be needing public help on that well, the grapevines are there, uh, and they have, uh, you know, they have already pruned uh, this year. Did that way back early, uh, back. Uh, is that uh, like harvesting the grapes? Is that, or are they just pruning the plants? No, they're just pruning because I mean they're just now make trying to make grapes. Okay. Uh, you know they just, you know they're not they don't grow during the winter time, and so they come out in the spring and you know put out new foliage and uh, start start forming the clusters of grapes. So, you know they're still in the the, the formation stage now. Um, you know that are they going to need public help? I know that uh, uh, in in years past, when they would harvest, uh, you know, they would invite folks to come and participate in the harvest. Um, I don't know that there's anything else that's going to take place between now and harvest. It would require uh, outside uh, additional help. But uh, just just kind of be watching for uh, look look at the extension the Rutherford County Extension uh, website and just just you know check in on there periodically and uh, the, it will be announced you know if and when the uh, uh, 
uh, the grape harvest is going to take place and 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 if they're they're seeking outside help or additional help uh, uh, with that um, but, but that's the best answer I can give right now. Uh, but it, as far as right, at this minute, no, there's not anything uh, that, that is going on that they're requiring you know volunteer help for. By the way, our phone number to talk or text. If you have a question, you can call in and just talk with us, or you can text it to us, all at 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. Uh, here's a person who is saying uh, they're going to start, or they want to start, a new garden. They've just moved into the area. They've never had a garden here before. This is a first time, and it's also probably the first time a garden's ever been planted at this location because uh, it's a new home. Uh, what should they be doing to get the garden plot ready? Well, uh, it would be a good idea to know what your what the fertility is like uh, if you're talking about a traditional in-ground garden, and it sounds like it. Um, so a, a soil test will tell you that. Uh, a soil test, and there are a, there are a number of labs, you know, in 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 the in the, in the world, in in the United States, in the Southeast, in Tennessee, that can perform soil tests. Now, the University of Tennessee does have a soil fertility lab. Uh, our lab is located uh, uh, on the campus at Ellington Agricultural Center in Nashville. A, a, a soil test, just a basic soil test for a vegetable garden, uh, you know, it'll cost you $15, but it's gonna give you a lot of information in terms of what the fertility level is at that, uh, on that site, and then what you should do uh, to amend uh, the, the soil to ensure that it has uh, the nutrients available that those vegetables are going to need. So that would be the first step, I think, or you need to know that. You need to know what's out there. Otherwise, um, you don't need to know it. You, you don't know if you need to add lime to it to adjust pH. Uh, <clears throat> you don't know what's available in terms of phosphorus and potassium levels and, and calcium, magnesium, manganese, so on, some of those other kind of secondary nutrients. Um, and it's easy to do. I mean, you just go to the vegetable. You go to your spot where you're going to grow the garden, uh, and you just pull a, a number of six-inch deep samples out of the, the garden spot and mix those together. So you kind of created a composite sample of your garden spot, and it takes about uh, you know a half a, a cup and a half of uh, uh, soil uh, to have it tested. You can. Um, go online to the UT uh, Soil Plant and Pest Center uh, uh, page and print off the uh, uh, soil test information sheet, you know, and it'll just, you fill out your information on there, what kind of crop you're going to grow, put your contact information, uh, and it's got directions for mailing it to the lab itself. I mean, you, you can come by the extension office. I mean, it, it's closed right now, but uh, on a table out in front of the wind or in front of the front door, uh, there, there's a table there that's got a, uh, a box that has soil test uh, information sheets and soil test boxes uh, and so on in it. You, know, you can pick them up there. You don't have to print them off. Uh, but again, just follow the directions and take your soil sample and ship it off uh, to the soil lab there in Nashville. Or you can hand deliver it if you want to. You, there, you, can, you can walk it up there yourself. You know, Just drive it in and, and walk it in the building and drop it off. Either way will work for you. Now, how and, often should you do that? Well, you, in, a, in a vegetable garden, you know, probably every three years or so probably every three years so you know that'd be something that you would want to start with and then you need to get the garden you, you need to prepare a planting bed especially if nothing has has, has been done there before uh new construction 
Um, it may be that you that this area would benefit from the addition of some organic matter, depending on how much grading was done. You know, was topsoil removed uh, from the lot or from the site during the, uh, the construction phase? And you know, you can add that organic matter back uh, uh, it, through through compost. And mm-hmm. you could buy bulk compost at many of the uh, the, the 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 vendor the, the locations, the retail outlets that sell uh, mulch and whatnot. You can buy bulk compost. Or you can buy bags, you know, composted manure, composted cow manure, composted poultry manure, uh, things like that. Uh, most any garden will benefit from the addition uh, of organic matter, so that you know that's a plus. But uh, so you, you get you, you prepare a seed bed. Well, I mean, how you do that? You've got to till the soil, uh, especially if it's never been done before, because it may be kind of hard, uh, that sort of thing. You want to remove existing vegetation that's there now because you don't want competition uh, with your vegetable plants. Uh, you can do that, you know, a couple of ways uh, uh, you know one is you physically remove it you know you, you, you mm-hmm. physically remove the existing vegetation uh, another option is to use uh, you know like a non-selective herbicide product uh, uh, for example glyphosate to kill the existing vegetation there and then after 10 days or so you know the stuff's going to be dead then you go in and you know prepare your seed bed etc things like that and then <clears throat> you know plant plant what you want uh, it, it, Pay attention to uh, to space. You know you don't. You know tomatoes, uh, for example. You know you need two feet between plants. Uh, uh, in a typically you're going to need because they grow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean they grow big. I mean some folks will space them further than that. Some will space them closer together. But you know I would suggest about two feet uh, in between plants. Uh, you, you'll you'll want something to stake those with to support them uh, mm-hmm. as they grow because they will fall over uh come into contact with the ground and more contact they have with with the soil the better chance they have you know to pick up a a disease pathogen that might be you know present in the soil i mean it keeps the plant dirty too uh so you keep it clean but uh, you know you you plant your stuff uh uh, pay attention to spacings uh on on your seed package is going to suggest to you how close you plant the seeds together, how far apart uh, the plants need to be, how far apart the rows uh, should be from one another, that sort of thing. Um, make sure you've got a water source uh, because you know, we can't rely on uh, a rainfall to supply the water needs of a vegetable garden. Um, you know, in a year's time, we typically have more than enough rainfall to produce a crop, but the uh, the distribution is not always what it ought to be. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be periods of, of dry. I mean, right now, you know, we've had uh, several days w- without rain, uh, and it's it's been windy, and, you know, the sun's shining. Ground dries out faster. And, if you know, if it doesn't rain pretty soon, folks are going to need to start watering those vegetable gardens. And you, you go to the expense and the effort to establish the garden uh so so don't fail to provide the water that it needs uh in order to keep that growing so put your garden in a spot where you can easily water it mm-hmm. okay uh i mean you know you ask what what should i do i mean you, you just do it yeah <laughs> those are some yeah, things you that, just do it uh and, and, and get the ground ready and put stuff out there and and don't wait around because it, we're on the doorsteps of june mm-hmm. june's going to bring in some warm weather may and june those are your those are your warm season vegetable yeah. that's your prime time to plant those things to put out your tomatoes and your peppers and your squash and your okra and and, and, and green beans and, and, and peas you know field peas uh, uh, uh things like that so get ready. Yeah. Cantaloupes, all those things. Oh, man, I'm getting hungry already. Tell you what let's do. Let's pause and check on the traffic and weather. We'll be right back and get some more of your questions. Get those questions into us. Talk or text. 
615-893-1450. That's 615-893-1450. Mitchell Motes with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. I'm always one of those that goes on and off diets. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. And, you know, Demas is one of the things that I started doing because of my own eating habits is, is we have a low-calorie menu and a low-carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City. Come see us at 919 Northwest Broad Street here in Murfreesboro. We are longtime pet lovers and pet keepers. Come see us and let our 30 years worth of experience be helpful for you. We also carry a variety of hard to find products for your specialty pets. So if you need a pouch for your sugar glider or food for your hedgehog, see us at Animal City. Let our 30 years worth of experience be helpful for you. Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Locally and veteran-owned. Fast and available 24-7. Join the Home Health VIP program at Restoration One for disaster prevention. Restoration One, the water damage experts. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. In this salute, we talk to a World War II veteran. 452nd Bomb Group. Right before Thanksgiving, I flew my first mission. Well, it was noisy and bumpy, and uh, I was scared to death. Everybody's scared. Dr. Charles Edwin Howard, a World War II veteran. When we got back, the ground crew, which looked after just our B-17 plane, one of the maintenance men came in. The radio man sits in a little space with a desk and all the radio equipment in the middle of the plane. And you have a window on your left. And he came in and looked around. He said, well, that hole wasn't there when you took off. We would have fixed that. I didn't remember it, but we had been hit by a fighter. But I didn't know it. There's so much noise and so much activity, you know, that didn't hear it. From that time on, I was a little wiser. Dr. Charles Edwin Howard, a World War II veteran. The name of the plane was Lamb's Wolves. Our pilot, until our last mission, our pilot was a fellow named Lamb, and so we named the plane Lamb's Wolves. If you know a veteran you'd like to highlight, let WGNS know, and we'll honor them in our daily salute to veterans. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. The Dave Ramsey Show, weekdays from 1 to 4. WGNS, your good neighbor. 
Station. Broadway County's place to talk. This is your show. We're talking about lawns and gardens this morning. Mitchell Modis with us. And we're broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Check them out online at willowwindow.pro. That's willowwindow.pro. Our phone number once again, 615-893-1450. You can talk or text. You are in control on that one. And here's a person who's having some problems with carpenter bees. Uh, first of all, what, what, is, what does a carpenter bee do? Um, carpenter bees are called carpenter bees because they bore holes into uh, wood. And that's where they create, uh, uh, that's where they create their nest galleries. Uh, uh, carpenter bees are, are solitary bees, meaning they don't have a a community nest like uh, like bumblebees would or like wasps mm-hmm. and so on um so the board it's very neat very precise like a three eighths inch diameter hole. i saw some in my house the other day. yeah yeah especially on unfinished yeah. lumber it's probably more so but they they can do it on painted wood too perfect circle perfect little like. circle yeah uh just it measures just right about three eighths of an inch uh anyway they they bore a hole in there uh and get up into the uh the two before the two by six two bit whatever it is and and they'll go up so far and then they'll generally turn at like 90 degrees and then follow the grain of the wood you mm-hmm. know, down the length of the, uh, of the of the piece of lumber and this 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 chamber is called a gallery and they will lay uh, eggs in that gallery uh, and so they'll lay eggs and kind of you know seal a patch off and then lay another one and seal it off and so on I mean and that's what they do uh, now they can be uh, you know they, they can be pollinators uh, you know food they they're, they're they'd like other bees they they take up pollen they you know eat nectar now they don't produce honey anything like that but uh, uh, so you know they do have their benefits but they also have uh, you know that problematic aspect of them because they do bore holes uh, in in the wood uh, and so does that weaken the wood why you get enough holes in is bound to right <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's, it's bound to um although i you know i don't have any personal knowledge of any structure that ever collapsed because of the damage but but folks you know you don't want to bore holes in your stuff yeah you, know, you really don't um so if you have uh, uh and again it's worse on unfinished wood so if you can if you finish the wood you know that's that's a, a protection uh from that and, you know painted wood is typically uh not bothered as often as unpainted wood is of course some things you don't want to paint like natural colored decks and so on you may not want to paint those um you can you know you can use uh, uh, an insecticide uh, that contains ingredients like bifenthrin or cyfluthrin uh, to to treat uh, uh, exposed wood areas say uh, you know like a, an outdoor shed uh, the, the the unfinished uh, 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 framework uh, rafters and wall studs and so on in there um, with uh, you know spray that proactively or preventatively I guess and it'll leave some residue on there and can discourage them uh, from uh, doing their business drilling holes in there and creating their nest galleries um if uh if if they have already done that 
what you can do, uh, you know, is, is go in there in the evening uh, and you can take, uh, uh, they make these little puffers that you can puff an insecticidal dust up into the gallery. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be at home at night. They're not out working during the, during the evening hours. And you can, you know, take uh, something that's like seven powder, seven dust, and, and puff that into the gallery. Uh, and then, you know, leave it there uh, and, and let it go for a day or two. And then, because the bees are going to come pass back through that, and all they're going to come into contact with uh, with the insecticide. And and after you've done that, if you've given it a day or two uh, to make sure that the bee has has come into contact with it, then uh, you can take a, a a stiff wire coat hanger and run it up in the gallery uh, mm-hmm. and, and down the length of it and destroy uh, the eggs that have been laid in there. And uh, you know then then you can seal the hole up with some. Uh, you know, wood putty with uh, a dowel rod. You can get the small diameter dowel rod. Take about a three inch diameter dowel rod, um, and and cut cut it off and drive drive it up in the hole. You know, and, and glue it in place. And that's a way to protect it. Um, but you know, they so they're good. You know, and from the from the aspect, they do uh, pollinate plants. Uh, but they're also, you know, they do have that destructive uh, quality about them. So carpentry, they look like bumblebees. Uh, males will fly around your face. You know, they kind of protect the area around there where the females do the nesting. Sting? Males cannot sting at all. Uh, females can, but they don't actively pursue people to sting them uh you you've about got to get a hold of one to to, to make it sting you uh, they don't, they're not going to say oh this guy's bothering my stuff i'm going to go attack him uh, mm-hmm. it's typically not that way now you mentioned that they are pollinators and several years ago over the years we've had problems with losing our pollinators which really concerns everybody because uh eventually that means we could lose quite a few plants that need to be pollinated uh, have we seen the change in that trend have the pollinators started coming back well you know there has not been there has not been any noticeable decline uh in development taking place and and and, i mean there's probably a number of reasons number of factors uh, that all add that all go together to to uh you, you you would say has caused a decline in, in uh, uh, pollinator populations, mm-hmm. um, and one of those lost habitat. Uh, you, I mean, it, it's an uh, you know bees, pollinators, you know these bugs, they're just like they're they're an animal, and they have to have you know X number. You know they got to have a food supply, they've got to have habitat, shelter, etc. Available. Um, when when those when those things diminish, then their populations are going to diminish. Now, you know, folks will say, well, so, so the use, uh, use of insecticides uh, has probably had some impact on pollinator populations. Well, probably so. Probably so. I mean, insecticides are designed to kill insects, and, and, and bees are insects, you know. Uh, I mean, I just listed two, or I named two insecticides that you'd use to, you know, to help prevent or, or to kill uh, uh, carpenter bees, and they, they'll do that. Uh, they, they certainly will. So it's important uh, for individuals that are going to use uh, uh, an insecticide or any other pesticide, you know, do it uh, uh, in a way to minimize impact uh, on, on desirable insects, on beneficial insects. And, you know, a prime way to do that is uh, uh, to use, use those that have the, uh, uh, the least amount of residual that will do the job you need to do. <coughs> and 
especially around flowering plants and it's a good idea to to not apply insecticides to flowering plants but if it's in your vegetable garden for example and you're trying to protect against japanese beetles uh or, or you know the flower garden and the beetles they're they're, they're going to be here just pretty soon the japanese beetles will they come out typically in may and they're gosh they'll feed on probably 200 plus species of different plants and they can be very damaging to them um and flowering plants as well as as other non-flowering plants. If you're going to treat flowering plants like that uh, uh, to help control Japanese beetles, you know, do it in the evening. Uh, do it at, at dusk uh, when you're not going to have uh, activity from uh, from pollinators out there. And then again, use use products that have uh, low residual uh, and they they just don't stick around very long so you know there's that that's a plus to that i guess or, or that is that is a way to minimize damage uh, to desirable or beneficial insects when you use an insecticide but if you know if you can avoid applying an insecticide to a flowering plant then avoid applying it because that's the reason the bees are going to be there or whatever the insect is because it's flowering now here's a listener who says they moved recently from wisconsin here to murfreesboro and uh, they moved into a new home, and uh, the lawn's doing been doing well. Uh, they're having a little problem with, uh, you know, heavy amounts of pollen in the area. Uh, I think we're all having that problem. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to welcome to Lower Middle Tennessee or That's Middle right. Tennessee, not Lower Middle Tennessee. They, welcome to the Central Basin. They said it's all over the yard and all over the house, uh, and, and making it rough to you know not sneeze everywhere. Uh, but they're seeing another kind of pollen that's sort of a dark color on their grass. Uh, is this something to be concerned with? Sort of a black uh, dust on it. Uh, is that pollen? Oh, mm, no, it's probably not pollen. Uh, so on, on grass, things like, there's a, uh, for folks that have Bermuda grass, especially common Bermuda grass, there is a, uh, a disease called uh, head smut. And what what this uh, uh, it's a fungal organism that causes uh, the head smut. It infects the the seed heads uh, on these Bermuda grass plants, and it it creates a uh, a black dusty uh, powdery material uh, where the seed would have been produced. And it's very prolific. Uh, it, it's out and active right now. And it, when folks walk through it, uh, it, it'll get on their shoes. You know, you know, there's black dust. Uh, if you have a if you have a dog, dog walks through, especially a white dog, very noticeable. Uh, they walk through the head smut out there. And they can track it into the house and that sort of thing. Um, I, from an allerg- from an allergen standpoint, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it could cause. Uh, if you get that stirred up, you breathe it in. Sure, it could cause uh, some kind of response in some folks, just like any other dust would. But it's not pollen. Uh, unfortunately, there's not a a. a a fungicidal treatment that's going to have a lot of impact on this you know the best advice uh, if, if you have this uh, uh, if you have this condition in your uh, Bermuda grass in your home lawn is, is one is you know mow it regularly uh, if you can minimize seed head formation then you're going to minimize the the, uh, uh, the presence of the, uh, the the plants with the the smut on the seed heads because mm-hmm. you're not making seed heads uh, and this is no place for the for the for it to develop because it only develops in the seed heads. Is there a certain height you should mow that to keep those down? Uh, I mean, Bermuda grass just likes to be mown short anyway. I mean, it performs better. So, you know, two inches uh, uh, is a good target range to shoot for. Uh, in, But now, 
they'll still try to form seed heads and you may so so what it means is it may you may need to mow more than once a week Mm. in order to 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 really ensure that uh, uh, you don't have seed head development but you know the fewer seed heads then the fewer chances are the fewer places there are for the head smut to develop on the bermuda grass so uh, at least at least mowing it off uh, on, a, on a weekly basis you're probably going to minimize some another option uh, in, in this i don't know how feasible it's going to be for uh, a lot of homeowners but the the application of a uh, a plant growth regulator will uh, alter uh, the it, it will change the way this grass grows it slows it down and it will reduce seed head formation on this bermuda grass actually it will make calmer bermuda grass look look better uh, it causes it causes the uh, 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 the, the stems well, i'm going to say that the wrong way it what it does Common Bermuda grass is relatively coarse, and the the blades, the grass blades on the on the stems, uh, are have a fair amount of space between them compared to a a uh, more of a turf type Bermuda grass. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what what the the growth regulator does? It slows down the growth rate, but it also shortens up the space between the blades or the nodes on on those stems and so you have more grass blades you know per uh, uh, per inch or per unit of, of stem length and so you actually increase uh, uh, the, the canopy uh, the amount of leaf blades uh, in that calmer Buddha grass and it, it, it takes on a you know a fuller more dense look uh, and also suppresses uh, seed head growth um, and it you know an application of plant growth regulator I mean, it's not a one-time-and-done kind of thing. I mean, it wears off eventually, and the, and the grass will start regrowing again. But, uh, uh, it, you know, you typically get three, four weeks of, uh, you know, protection out of it. Uh, and th- that that's another option, I guess. But, yeah, if you're seeing that kind of black stuff out there on uh, uh, on Bermuda grass, then very likely that's what it is. It's uh, head smut on Bermuda grass. Okay. Now, another thing is you will see slime mold grow up on uh, blades of grass. It will be a, have a, a gray look to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, now you could you could spray that with a fungicide, and it's going to go away. Uh, it doesn't really hurt the grass, but it looks kind of unsightly out there. Let's take a phone call. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? Hey, good morning. I'm just fine, y'all. Yes, good sir. Day. I've got a gravel driveway, and I've got some kind of a, I guess a fungus that has come on it. Mm-hmm. When it's dry, this stuff is just like paper. It's a real dark green stuff. Maybe a mold. Yeah. When it's dry, it's just a real foul, just paper thin, just yes. crack crumbly. When it rains, this stuff turns into like a jelly. Yeah. It's Any a. Idea of what? I, I do. I know exactly what it is. It's something called Nostoc, and it's spelled N O S T O C. Um, yeah, N O S T O C, Nostoc. And it is a. Uh, it, it, it acts te- technically, it's something called a cyanobacteria. It's what it is. Um, it is, uh, I mean, as it's, it's far as harmful, it doesn't hurt anything. But it's yeah. it's unsightly, I guess. Uh, uh, and it'll grow it'll grow just like you've seen in a gravel drive. It'll grow out on compacted uh, bare soil areas. Um, it will, uh, um, just like you described, when it's when it's wet, it'll have this this green gel like you know this weird looking stuff. Uh, um, and then when it dries up, it'll just be like a, a crackly sheet of parchment paper, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, 
uh, moss moss control products uh, will probably um, uh, you know kill it but the the conditions in the gravel drive uh, favor the growth of the stuff so I mean you could you know you could have it eradicated but at some point it'd probably start back there again because the conditions don't change on that driveway in terms of uh, you know when it's wet it doesn't drain very well because you've got traffic on it so it's compacted down pretty good uh, and that stuff will grow very well in a compacted area uh, things like um, uh, well, shoot, iron, uh, iron-based products uh, do have some um, uh, efficacy against uh, mold and, and, and those uh, uh, allergies and things like that. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like an allergy, but it's not technically, it's not an allergy. Uh, but those iron uh, uh, products uh, do have or uh, uh, some, some efficacy. They will kill uh, the, those, those organisms out there. Uh, but right. that's, that's what it is it's called Nostoc, uh, you know, S-T-O-C, um, you know, it doesn't hurt anything. It's just kind of ugly looking. Yeah. So, so you're saying I need a concrete driveway. <laughs> well, a concrete driveway would probably solve your problem. <laughs> An asphalt yeah. driveway would probably solve your problem too. Wouldn't, hurt, wouldn't help pocketbook none, though. No, it wouldn't help your pocketbook. Right. I, I tell you what, the best thing to do for your pocketbook is to quit looking at that Nostoc, you know, just, just don't look down when you walk across the driveway. <laughs> there you go. All right, I appreciate it. Yes, Thank sir. you. You have a good day. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. If you have a question or a comment this morning, 615-893-1450. We have just a few minutes left in our broadcast this morning, so uh, don't wait around or you'll be caught uh, without uh, an opportunity. Uh, see, uh, we, we got some sounds here. I think we've got some sounds, if I can find them, uh, of, of some things that have been rumored to be in the news lately. Uh, and and we're not, we may not have the sounds. What's the cicadas? Yeah, the periodical cicada. Yeah, it's been been a lot of interest. Uh, uh, you know, a fair number of stories in in the news uh, yeah, for a couple of months now. I guess uh, this is. Uh, Seventeen years. Uh, yeah, seventeen-year periodic cicada. Uh, this is the 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 year for the emergence of that particular brood. There are there are we have, there are thirteen-year periodical cicadas and seventeen-year periodical cicadas. And then with each of those uh, uh, two uh, uh, maturity groups, I guess, or gestation groups, there are different broods. Okay, they're like different tribes, uh, if you will, and they don't you know they they emerge at different times. So this is the year for the for this particular brood of the 17-year cicada. You know, more counties in East Tennessee are going to be affected by it. A few in Middle, uh, and then maybe just a few in West Tennessee. Now, Rutherford County, uh, we're not we don't anticipate having we have not had the 17-year cicada before. And we, what we have, uh, if folks have been here for a while, if you were here in 2011, you said, well, we had all cicadas in 2011. You did. We did. Uh, but that's a 13-year periodical cicada. And our uh, next emergence, expected emergence of the 13-year periodical cicada is in 2024. The last one was in 2011. Mm -hmm. So 13 years later, they expected to come back again. Uh, Wilson County does, you know, they, they're in the, uh, they have that population of the 17-year cicada that's, that's coming out, probably starting to come out now, uh, but, but for sure by the end of the month. And they know the property there. lines, and they don't. They cross. do, yeah. It's it's amazing they do that. Now there may be folks, you know, on the 
the border, the, the Rutherford-Wilson border, that, yeah, they, they made some stray over there uh, into uh, uh, into Rutherford County. But the bulk the bulk of the folks in Rutherford County are not going to see the 17-year cicada. But don't worry about it. You just stick around in three more years. Uh, uh, you're going to get <laughs> to see get them. them. <laughs> yeah, we get the 13-year. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Hello. Thank you for taking the call, Bart. Um, uh, Mitchell, I've got a question. It's pretty common sense, I guess, for anybody that cuts trees, anything like that. But I had a large tree removed from my backyard, and, of course, they ground the stump and everything. And this was a few months ago. Um, I'm going to get all that sawdust out and all that stuff. Should I go all the way down to where they did stop the grinding at? And fill that with dirt, and what type of dirt? What what do I need to get to uh, to fill that void? Okay, well, uh, I mean, the more the more the the chips and the sawdust you can remove, the better. But I, I, from this standpoint, because if it stays there, it's going to decay. And if you let's say you, you remove half of the, I don't know, you got a twelve inch layer of it, just for the sake of example, you remove six inches of it, so you still got six inches down there, and you cover it up with soil. Well, at some point, that's going to decay, and and you're probably going to have settling. So it's going to, you know, settle down. You have a depression there, and you look at, you know, trying to level it back up again potentially in the future. So the more you can take out, then you're going to minimize the, the, the chances for future settling. And as far as what kind of soil, I mean, the best option is going to be, you know, genuine native dirt native soil you know mineral mm-hmm. soil uh not the manufactured stuff uh that's got so much uh, uh wood uh, material in it um a, a screened top soil uh would be a good option for you i think because uh it, it they run it through a screen or a sieve uh to remove uh you know junk you know chunks and pieces and, and rock fragments etc like that so uh, a number of the bulk uh, material uh, uh, retailers that sell uh, uh mulch and compost Post and things like that, they they sell screen to topsoil, uh, and that would be, uh, I think, a good choice uh, to fill in the space there where, where you had that uh, uh, stump ground out. Okay, and that's going to do it for our show today. We thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got several more text questions coming in. Uh, we'll, we'll save them till next time. Sorry we didn't get to them. Uh, we were afraid that was going to happen. Well, hey, if you need a, if you need to talk to us at the Extension Service, you can still call 615-898-7710. There's nobody there right now, but it'll go to it, it, the the calls. You'll you'll get an answering machine, and you just tell what you're calling about, and they'll they'll get the the, the question to the right person. Yeah, and no idea when you'll be back open because somebody uh, not not for sure, not for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, pretty soon. All righty, Mitchell Moat today from the Agricultural Extension service. Truman's next right here on your good neighbor station WGNS Murfreesboro.